It's time to talk University of Richmond basketball. This is Behind the Web with head coach Chris Mooney, live from World of Beer, 11,600 West Broad Street in Short Pump. Tonight's show is brought to you by CarMax, Lux Chevrolet, World of Beer, and by Cabell Childress Group. Join in online anytime and be a part of the show with your questions and comments. Text 804-327-0888. Email behind the web at richmond.edu or on Twitter using at Spider Voice, at Richmond Athletics, or at ESPN Richmond. Now, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black, with Coach Mooney. This is Behind the Web, presented by World of Beer on 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. KO tips the rebound to Sherrod. Headman to Gustafson down the right wing. The trailer Sherrod is wide open and he rolls home the three. That's more like a shot selection again. That's exactly what he does best right there. Ties Sherrod with Jonathan Baker for third all time on Richmond's three point list. Matt Grace turns in the lane to the basket. The little jump hook dances off the front of the rim and good for Grace. That nice little finesse move there. He was the head fake, had his man leaning the wrong way and was able to get that up over him. Connor Crabtree, offensive rebound, stick back, and one for Crabtree. That's a big one right there for Connor to come in and grab an offensive glass like that. To get the follow and the foul is just gravy, but to be able to crash the board and come up with a second chance opportunity, that's really big for the Spiders. There is a method to my madness as to why Nick Sherrod, Matt Grace, and Connor Crabtree highlights were on the open to tonight's Behind the Web, and we will get to that during the course of our hour together with you tonight. Behind the Web, live from World of Beer, 11,600 West Broad Street. Thank you for coming in tonight. Those of you who are in the restaurant this evening and those of you listening, 1061 ESPN, ESPNRichmond.com, and our ESPN Richmond app. We appreciate it. 804-327-0888. If you'd like to send us a text, we'll read them on the air and get them answered for you. Behind the Web at Richmond.edu if you'd like to shoot us an email coach Mooney alongside at the head table and coming up in the middle segments uh, Grant Golden and Jacob Gilliard will be our special headline guests tonight on behind the web coach uh, good evening how are things uh, the weekend quote unquote off after getting back from St. Bonaventure and I assume getting back on the practice floor today we were back out there today uh, we just did uh, workouts today so we had some small groups and got guys able to move around get a sweat uh, shooting. Uh, so we usually, you know, we ideally would have two days to prepare. Uh, so not knowing who we play, uh, today we decided to have workouts, just have the guys get back in the gym uh, after lifting. And then tomorrow and Wednesday, we'll practice for Thursday's game. Um, two games last week, two tough games, didn't go the way we wanted them to go. But how much do those games, do you think, perhaps prepare for the tournament because they felt like tournament games. I mean, they were in March, obviously, and tough games against Dayton at home. You won't have the home crowd behind you in D.C. Tough game on the road at St. Bonaventure. By the same measure, you won't have a tough road crowd against you in D.C. either. Right. Uh, I, I thought they were, you know, two really good games, very competitive. Um, I thought the Dayton game uh, was a great game, a great atmosphere. Um, you know, we had a couple of, of, uh, of recruits who were, who were there and, you know, to have that kind of atmosphere on a midweek game, that level of play, that level of intensity uh, was just tremendous. And, and um, you know, I, I, I 
just so uh, appreciative of, of the fans and the Robin Center and the crowd and all of those things were great. And I thought it was a great game. I thought it was our best defensive game of the year. Uh, they're very good on defense as well, and we, we struggled to score. Uh, but we, were really, we really defended and um, kind of put ourselves in a great position because of some grit and hustle and toughness um, and really, really gave ourselves a chance and, and you know, came up short. Uh, on that game so that was that was that was hard um, you know and that there have been a couple like that this year unfortunately but that's a little bit the nature of college basketball but there have been a couple like that which hopefully have toughened us up and uh, made us understand the things that we can possibly do better in those situations and the things that we can that we can address whether it's strategically or effort wise or whatever it is a uh, but a great game and then the Bonaventure game similar a really good game against a good team a, a great team um and and right there and competing and um you know that that was going to be that was going to be a hard game because a senior night a sold out crowd uh friday night espn game um really good game i thought we did a lot of things well you know we we, we didn't you know we, we didn't they they only had uh i think they had eight assists on 30 field goals uh which means they're you know they're kind of to a degree putting their offense away and mm-hmm. driving the ball in there and trying to score and uh, we weren't able to match them enough in terms of making enough shots or um, whether that be three-point shots, shots around the basket. I, I felt like we weren't able to match them enough um, you know, through, throughout the entire game. Back to the Dayton game, I think you made the comment afterwards that in the second half, it just felt like we were going to get stops. When Dayton came down the court, the defense was that good that in your mind you felt like we were going to get stops. Did it kind of run through your mind? And correct me if I'm wrong here, I don't think we ever got the lead. In the second half, I think we, we tied yeah. it. That, that hey, if we could just get yeah. the lead and and play from ahead the way our defense is playing, let's see what Dayton can do with that. Yeah, for sure. I think we tied it twice, or you know, it had, was that uh, the score was the same score was tied tw- two different times. Right. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I, I did feel like that, and and uh, you know, of course, we had some chances to do that. Uh, and that would that would have been good. Just psychologically, that seems to have an effect on both teams. When when you have the lead, uh, the team that now is trailing, and the and, and your, our own team, um, and I, 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 you know, a couple possessions there, we're we're so close to scoring and getting that lead. You know, if you can do that, then they're in a little bit different mindset. They might not be as patient their next time down the court, or they might be a little bit more willing to take a bad shot. Um, but it did feel overall with the energy of our team, the energy of the building, the fans. It felt like we were getting stops uh, again and again and again. There were a couple possessions where, uh, you know, the one possession where Jacob and the, and the Dayton player both touched the balls going out of bounds, so it was another 20 seconds. And another thing happened like that, I think maybe in a jump ball situation. So it was, you know, you guard it for 25, 30 seconds, and then another 20 seconds, and we're able to defend. Um, so, again, that's very promising, um, but needed to needed to make a basket or, or, or some kind of play that would allow us to get that lead because that would have been a, a – a, a big difference that was a fascinating review that you just mentioned on the tipped ball that went out of bounds did you ever get an explanation and we did as to why the officials went from the scorer's side of the floor over to the tv side of the floor and looked at the tv replay as opposed to the side where you guys are. i just assumed because it was on espn and <laughs> so they could get <laughs> so they could get more time <laughs> their logo in the upper right hand corner was blurring their ability to see the ball no go out of bounds. And I think it was CBS. Okay. CBS Sports Network. Yeah, right. And they mm-hmm. needed a view that didn't have their logo 
in the oh, upper right-hand corner, which they did find. How about that? And that's why they came over to the other side of the court. How about that? To, to, which gave you guys more time, obviously, right. to discuss a lot of things, I'm sure. Right. We had plenty of time, and um, Jacob actually thought uh, – it was it was our ball, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know which I trust him, and those I always trust the guy who's was involved in the play, mm-hmm. especially Jacob, and I, and I thought it was too, after, even after seeing it, you know, um, you know, obviously that can go that can go both ways because it was awfully close, um, but unfortunately did not did probably not boiled down to the call on the court, right? That they didn't know right return, exactly right, which exactly. they did call mm-hmm. it was their ball, yep. right? Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right, uh, how do you feel? everybody managed the Tyler Burton situation that he didn't play 17 of the 20 minutes in that first half. And you got to halftime down what three points. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Tyler managed it well, (laughs) but I think, uh, no, that that was good. It was good for our team. And it was, um, you know, that's a challenge and a a position you don't want to be in uh, this late in the season. Uh, But I, I thought that we handled that well. We were ready to put Tyler back in in case the score had gotten, uh, in case the, their lead had grown, um, but we, we thought that we could hang in there and compete and play, and we were going to have to really do it defensively, make sure that we could that we could stop the other team and not let them have any easy baskets. So I, I thought we I thought we did that part really well. You know, for for Tyler, as he knows, you know he he has to avoid that that foul trouble. Now sometimes those things happen and you get in fouls, but one of those can't be an offensive foul, and uh, that that was the first one. Um, and, uh, you know, be, just because the na- you're going to have other fouls, especially a guy who goes after rebounds like he does and is aggressive and can play, and he's involved, you know, he draws a lot of fouls, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler. So there's naturally going to be some opportunity for him to pick up fouls, and you can't have that. Uh, the, the offensive foul you have to eliminate, and so then you have one foul uh, midway or, or three minutes into the first half, much more manageable. Mm-hmm. And then a final thought on St. Bonaventure. We'll take a break, and uh, Jacob Gilliard, Grant Golden will, will, will join us. It felt like almost had to play a perfect or near-perfect game on that night in their place with those seniors, with Ashuna Shuni back in the lineup yeah. after missing the one game. Yeah, for sure. We, we um, you know, it was – they're very good, obviously. They're very, very good and, um, you know, can score in a variety of ways and have, have played good defense. I, I thought that we I, – I thought that we scored well in the first half and, um, you know, it's so important for us to throw the ball in and post Grant mm-hmm. and Nate. Um, you know, and Tyler to a degree also, but to throw that ball in there because, you know, they can, you know, when when teams uh, teams have rarely recently just outright double teamed us. You know, they send an extra guy as a mm-hmm. to help or center fielder. You know, and that that leads the ball around. They they don't double because you know Grant being such a good passer, Nate being a good passer, they can find their way out of it, and the possession feels a little bit easy. Um, and we thought we had good possessions and and were able to score uh i thought in the game i thought ashuni was really really good um you know at both ends um and i thought that uh you know you're right i I, near perfect probably probably is is right um you know and and again um you know as you as you play more and more against teams that are familiar with you and they you know they're familiar with our cutting and our posting up a lot of times the shots you're going to wind up with are those perimeter shots that are that are free Mm -hmm. um or they're they're open, um, and and we, you just have to knock down a couple of the, and and timely ones. You know, you need to make a couple timely ones, and um, you know we just haven't done enough of that lately. And we're trying everything we can to generate 
different kinds of offense and trying to make those shots, of course, or throw the ball back inside. Uh, but those are those are going to show up, especially for us um, when teams are familiar with us, and you know we got to step up and make those. Coach's perspective. We'll get the players' perspective after we take a break. Grant Golden, Jacob Gilliard, a couple of those spider mainstays will join us here at the head table and into the conversation on Behind the Web, live from World of Beer, 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. World of Beer, the timeout's over. Now, more Behind the Web from World of Beer in Short Pump on 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. Green bounce pass back to Henry and a steal by Jacob Gilliard, who raises his hand in the air with the index finger number one because the 5'9 Gilliard is now the tallest in the land when it comes to steals. The NCAA's all-time career steals leader, Jacob Gilliard, 386. Plenty of accolades to choose from for both of these guys, Jacob Gilliard and Grant Golden, and we figured we'd uh, end up our regularly scheduled programs here on Behind the Web with a double exclamation point with two of our so-called super seniors joining us, Jacob Gilliard and Grant Golden with us at the head table. Fellas, uh, thank you. Appreciate you coming in this evening. Um, Jake, let me go back to what Coach and I were, were talking about. Two games last week, two tough games, didn't end the way we wanted them to, had the feel of March games, had the feel of tournament games. Did, did you guys have that feel, number one, as they might help prepare you for the tournament this week? And do you leave those games with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder so that you're the guys with the smile when those tough games end? Um, I feel like I forgot your question. Yeah, it was but, pretty long-winded, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, yeah. How'd you feel about the games last week, Jake? <laughs> um, you know, I think we would have liked to obviously come out with two Ws, but I think we played pretty well against Dayton. Uh, defensively, we were where we need to be. Um, and obviously, St. Bonaventure, we knew it was going to be a tough one going going there and having to play them. Um, but I think we played pretty well for the 30, 35 minutes mm-hmm. of the game. Uh, didn't play too great towards the end, but... You know, I think we're pretty confident going into going into the tournament. Um, you know, obviously not where we want to be with the sixth seed, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter now. You just got to win one game at a time. Grant, how about that? Um, how do you feel those games last week, as experienced as you guys are, as hard fought as they were, can kind of give you a little foreshadowing of what's certain to come in this tournament? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, obviously sort of just going off of what Jacob said. Um, you know, anytime you go up to Bonaventure, especially on their senior night, it's going to be a great atmosphere, tough environment to win in. Um, I think we did all pretty well all the way up there until the end. Um, needed to make a couple more shots. And, you know, obviously going into the Dayton game, we hadn't seen them. They hadn't seen us. And they have pretty much a brand-new roster in terms of the last time we saw them. Um, but they're a good team. But, you know, I thought we played really well. And like Jacob said, I think we did a good job on the defensive end. And I think if we can do that here this week in the tournament, I think that's sort of going to be the key for us because I think we'll be able to score on offense. So. Well, how much do you go back then and either look directly at that Dayton game or think about it? Like, why was the defense so good that night that you'll want to carry over into the tournament? Uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, obviously a lot of it goes into the scout. I think we did a good job in the scout. Um, you know, we really wanted to try and uh, force their point guard into his offhand. I think we did a great job of that all night. Um, so I think a lot of it is the scout and making sure we prepare. But I think the biggest thing is just really coming out um, with a lot of intensity and a lot of energy at the beginning of the game. I think if you can come out in the first four minutes and have those two things, it sort of carries out throughout the game. Coach, do you go back and, and show a decent amount of clips from that game as to, you know, this is how we want to play Richmond defense? 
We, we, we do. We show clips uh, a little bit as a team. We show clips a little bit more individually with, with uh, groups of coaches, um, you know, or I'm sorry, small groups of players and coaches are one-on-one. Uh, but yeah, there were some there were some really really uh, terrific defensive possessions and 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 strung together. I, I thought that you know Dayton has some firepower and uh, we were really able to uh, be on you know every call it being on the guy on the catch and every time a guy caught the ball he was covered. Uh, they you know ran like most teams a lot of ball screen action. We were able to guard that well uh, and not give up too much and uh, all in all and you know late in the game. Um, you know, they made a couple of uh, – they made two three-point shots uh, basically at the shot, shot clock buzzer um, from guys who aren't their best shooters. You know, now that happens. Um, but, uh, you know, really all in all just a, a great defensive performance, performance on the heels of the St. Louis second half, which was, which was a great defensive performance. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's certainly in there. And, um, you know, now going into the tournament, we're hopefully – you know, we won't know who we play until Wednesday afternoon, but we'll we'll have prepped tomorrow and Wednesday, uh, and then a quick turnarounds. But I think the maturity and experience of our guys will will help us in that preparation department. Did you guys have the same feeling the coach was talking about that it just felt like we were going to get stops against Dayton, and that if we could ever have gotten the lead in the second half, it would have been been interesting to see how they, with a relatively young team, would have reacted, Jake. Um, no, I don't think it felt like we were going to get stops. Uh, when you go down and you try and get a stop, I mean, it doesn't like feel like you're just automatically going to stop them. Um, you know, they have a good offense. They run good sets. They get good shots. Um, but, you know, we had stops. We had chances to, you know, just get over that hump. I think there was a – it felt like a almost a five-minute stretch where nobody scored for the longest. Um, and, you know, we just need to make a shot in that run, and I think it changes the game. But, you know, I feel like we were right there. Um, and I think there's been a couple of games like that. Um, so hopefully, you know, this week is our best week of basketball. Was that in your thinking at all there, Grant, that, that hey, let, if we could ever get the lead in this game, let's see how, how things would turn out? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, obviously when you're in the game and, you know, you're just in the heat of the moment, yeah. you're playing each possession, um, you know, sort of one possession at a time. But as I watched the film um, and watched it again, you know, we did have a lot of opportunities with shots um, to take the lead or, you know, um, get it within one whatever it may be there were a lot of those opportunities and a lot of those possessions um but certainly i think if we could have knocked some of those down it, it would have been a different game there towards the end but you know credit to them for uh for making some plays there at the end jake we've talked about this almost every game it seems like there's another premier point guard matchup in this league that this league was just not that the other players aren't really good too but just premier point guard matchups between you as a premier point guard and others how do you think that went for you this year and I know you're not gonna you know just talk about one-on-one matchups I, I get that but there's got to be something when you meet these guys like eye to eye for 40 minutes night in and night out um it's uh I, I don't know like uh <laughs> it's always been fun to compete I mean at the end of the day the point guard's job is to win the game um I think I've done a, a fair job of it this year um you know I think we we lost a couple games we should have won I mean we won a couple games you know so it's always fun you know I mean at the end of the day you know that's kind of why I came here, you know, to play, play against good players, get to play against good point guards. Um, the league's full of good good players everywhere. So, you know, every night you're going to play somebody pretty good. Hey, Grant, the other night at St. Bonaventure, there was a picture that was captured that I think wound up on social media. I'm sure you didn't see that, Coach, on, on social media. Pro- probably not. Of you and, and Ashun, Ashuni at the end of the game. How much just mutual respect was there in that, in that moment? 
Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, obviously it was a super emotional night for them, on senior night and everything. Um, I've always had a lot of respect for him, uh, his game, how he plays, uh, sort of the energy and the motor that he plays with. Um, had a lot of great battles with them, and uh, yeah, it was just, you know, honestly just a mutual sign of respect, and you know, I appreciate that out of him. I'm sure he appreciate it out of me. And I think all those guys at Bonaventure, um, maybe more so than some of the other schools in the conference, I think we, we kind of like those guys. So uh, it was it was definitely a nice moment. They've been around a while, too, For up sure. there. For I think sure. that, probably, that probably has a little bit something to do with it. But but brag on your guys here a little bit, Chris. And as I talked about, you know, Jacob, night in and night out, seemed to have another premier point guard that he matched up with and obviously handled himself more than more than admirably. And, and Grant, as he talked about with the Shun and some of the other centers in the league. Yeah, there really are uh, terrific players. I mean, it's a really good level. Everybody's very invested in, in basketball, um, you know, you have to recruit at a high level. Uh, then those guys have to work so hard um, during the course of their career. I mean, it's it's a extremely demanding. I, I know that, um, you know, as you watch it, and it's exciting and fun, but it's a really, really demanding um, sport, and it's a really demanding endeavor. And, you know, to get to be as good as these guys are and uh, to measure themselves against great players is really impressive, you know, because, um, you know, Everyone is so committed. Everyone is so committed to, to being to being good at basketball, and there are so many good players, good coaches, um, good programs, big budgets uh, that that to to you know to become great players at, at at a school like Richmond is is really really hard thing to do, and really impressive that they were able to do it so well. Uh, before we go to the break, and we'll look ahead to the tournament coming up uh, with with Jacob and Grant as well. Uh, how did you guys handle the weekend of getting away maybe from basketball and starting to prepare your mind and body for practices this week and the first game on Thursday when we got back, uh, you know, late Friday night from, from Olean? Uh, yeah, um, you know, obviously I know for me personally, I took the last two days to really uh, do a lot of treatment, um, a lot of stuff. We uh, were able to come up here and short pump and do some cryotherapy, get in the cold chamber and everything. Um, Got in the gym yesterday with uh, with one of our coaches and was able to shoot. So very light stuff, but just making sure to try and tune up the body before we go up there this week. Yeah, I got in the gym on Saturday. I uh, didn't really like how I shot Friday. Uh, I took Sunday off. Uh, back in the gym today. Probably go back tonight. <laughs> you know, I gotta gotta find a way to make shots this weekend. All right. How about mentally? Uh, the physical side is one thing. The mental side will be another this week. Just thought process of putting the regular season behind you and the, and the postseason ahead of you guys. Uh, yeah, you know, I sort of I texted the guys in the group chat uh, after the game on Friday and just sort of told everybody nothing that happened up to this point matters anymore. Um, you know, no matter how many shots we missed, how many games we lost, won, whatever it may be, nothing matters up to this point. All that matters is us making sure we get ready to play on Thursday, come out and win the first four minutes and go from there one game at a time at this point. How much do you uh, echo those sentiments there, Jacob? Do you add anything to that to your to your teammates? Yeah, well, one game at a time. Got to find a way to win. That's pretty. I mean, Grant covered it all in the in the text. I mean, he told us to. I think they subbed their guys out with like 30 seconds left or 40 seconds left or whatever, and he kind of huddled us up and and let us know, you know, at the end of the day, you know, this game didn't really matter too much for us, anyways. Uh, Got to lock in for Thursday. Um, Get, get locked in now you know I, we talked about taking a taking the weekend off uh, basketball is a, a 24-7 thing so 
Yeah, we're prepared. All right, let's talk more about that on the other side of the break. We'll come back with uh, Jacob Gilliard, Grant Golden, next segment of the sport of the uh, Behind the Web from World of Beer here in Short Pump, coming up after the break at the bottom of the hour on 106.1 ESPN. Exergen wants. Let's get back to the show. Behind the Web presented by World of Beer in Short Pump. Once again, here's Bob Black on the Spider Sports Network and 106.1 ESPN. Top of the key, Golden drives down the lane, his runner off the glass, and good for Grant Golden, who becomes the fourth Richmond Spider to score 2,000 points in his career. 2,001 for Grant Golden. That's strong, strong alley for Grant's career. And, of course, Grant has added to that 2,001 mark and is now second all-time in Richmond history behind only John Newman in all-time points scored for the Richmond Spiders. Welcome back to World of Beer Behind the Web, our final half hour, taking you up till 7 o'clock tonight, our last regularly scheduled program. If there's the opportunity to have additional shows, we'll have it for you on richmondspiders.com and on our social media content as well. Spiders' first game in the A-10 tournament, as you know, is Thursday night at 8.30, our airtime at 8 o'clock, and it's either Rhode Island or Duquesne, two teams the Spiders have beaten during the regular season on the road so we are going to look ahead uh to the tournament fellas but before we do that let me lighten it up just a little bit here because both you guys know the last two weeks our player guests were jordan gately and sullivan cool and both of them had plenty of things to say about their roommates jacob gilliard and grant golden so I figured you guys are going to get the microphone last here and give you a little bit of an opportunity from your perspective to talk about what life has been like for the four of you over not only this year, but all of these years. But I will start with both of you guys on the court, and it's become a routine occurrence on these timeouts that Jordan, for the most part, gets an opportunity to sit in the coach's chair and talk to you until the coach gets over there. How did all that come about from your guys' perspective, and what kind of things is he saying to you guys before Coach Mooney gets there? You're asking the wrong people here. Oh, no, the people want to hear. <laughs> no, you need to be asking Coach Mooney how, how he got, got to sit in that seat. Um, <laughs> if it was up to me, he would not be allowed to sit there. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, you, you know, it's, yeah. He, you have to hear him at home every day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think he, he kind of just tells us what, you know, I feel like we need to hear. Um, you know, I think Coach will come in and tell us what, what we're going to do going forward. I think Jordan likes to talk about what happened, um, kind of talking about what we did wrong. Um, whereas coach is going to address that and then kind of move forward and how we're going to improve next time down the court. Um, but, you know, I think Jordan's just, like, honest. I think, you know, everybody kind of respects him, his, his basketball mind in the in the locker room. So he gets to – I don't know why he sits there. He can do it from wherever. Because yeah, he's going to be a coach, so he wants to get the feel. I yeah, think. He, he likes to sit there and uh, and tell us, you know, what, what we need to improve on and, and kind of just be, be tough out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. That's probably the biggest thing he says every time. You know, 50-50 balls have to be ours. Um, got to be tough and got to be gritty. What do you get out of it, Grant Golden? Uh, yeah, I don't – I mean, I think obviously with him being my my roommate for this long, I think he's gotten pretty comfortable with hammering me. So it's always pretty negative for me when I come back, uh, whether it's rebounding or the shot I just took or whatever it may be. But, you know, just sort of going off of what Gilly said, I think it really is just honesty. Um, I think he needs to be a little more positive at times, but uh, it's good. Like like Gilly said, you know, he he knows the game. He understands what he's talking about, and he knows what we need to do, certainly, to win the game. So he's just sort of echoing those things and make sure we we realize that we need to take care of all the things that we need to out there. 
how important was it for you guys to have them back? I mean, it's kind of unheard of for walk-ons to come back for an extra year, um, but certainly they add to the chemistry of the team, and certainly for you two guys because you're so close to them. Uh, how impactful has that been for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's been huge. Um, you know, we kind of always joke and get, get the boys back. Uh, you know, we've been roommates for the last three years now. Um, so for us, I, w- I would say it's more off the court. Um, it's kind of just a chemistry thing. Um, you know, um, Jordan's always honest with us about basketball. So is always, Sullivan's always positive, encouraging. So Jordan's <laughs> this total opposite. Um, so to get them both back was, was huge for us. Um, you know, we're, we're really glad they made that decision. How about it, Grant? Yeah, for sure. Just seconding all that. Um, I think it's definitely more of an off-the-court thing. Um, you know, just being able to talk to those guys um, about basketball and, you know, sort of seeing them grow um, since they've been here on the court and just sort of the respect that the guys within the program have for them as basketball players and sort of the input that they have for the program as a whole has been really awesome to see, and it was super awesome to get them back. Now, Jordan did say, to go along your line of thinking, and Chris, you can collaborate this because he said it on the show, that when he gets you guys in the apartment and you start arguing over him, criticizing either one of you that he'll slap the tape on and say here look at this the tape doesn't lie is that is that kind of chalk talk actually happening in the apartment or not um i don't know if he's ever slapped tape on me he's definitely he's definitely like pulled up statistics of what you know was um whatever it may be i don't think he's necessarily done it for me personally but it's like uh well we should have done this this way because this guy shoots so-and-so from this corner you know he's got it all i'm sure he sits in his room and that's all he does but uh nah he, he he certainly he certainly has it all figured out or thinks he does did he not say that, Chris? That I he said I can show them the tape. Well, I, but he, he said also I can show them the yeah, tape. I don't know if he has. Right. He also did say that at some point one of the guys will say, "Well, if you why don't you go do it then?" You know what I mean? And then, <laughs> that's usually when the argument <laughs> where the criticism ends is. Yeah, he, he lied. He he's never, <laughs> he's never showed anybody film. I don't even think he has our film. I don't think he gets access to it. Um, but, yeah, after the games, he has all the answers for us, for sure. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's it's all honesty. Um, you know, we always go home and talk after the games. We usually just sit in our living room and kind of discuss, you know, what we could have did better, um, kind of how we played, uh, what we need to do moving forward. So, to, yeah, I think they're both, you know, really really good to have around, for sure. What uh, We asked this question of you guys early when you were on with us and we were just getting going, but now that we've been through – 31 games in four months or whatever. What has this year been like with 20 guys out there, the the five walk-ons, the three red shirts who haven't gotten to play but have become obviously a pretty darn good scout team for you guys? What what has kind of this year been like and how it may be different than the past several years with less guys on the roster? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I think obviously – the biggest difference uh, that I've sort of felt, obviously it's way different when you have 20 guys out there, just everything that you're doing, um, you know, you have more guys in the line getting reps, um, whatever it may be, certainly a change. Um, but, you know, I think I had the same answer when I came on in the beginning of the season. It really hasn't felt that much different. Um, if anything, it's sort of felt like getting back to normal, mm-hmm. especially after last year with no fans and everything that was so different. Um, to come back this year just sort of felt like everything was kind of back to normal. Yeah, I'd say the same. You know, 1 through 15, I think we were a big family. So 1 through 20, you know, it's not it's Just not a that, bigger family. Yeah, it's not that much of a change. Um, yeah, it's definitely, you know, good for us to be around the younger guys for sure. I, I think, you know, everywhere you go, you want to leave it better than you found it. Um, 
So hopefully we dropped a couple a couple nuggets for them to, to learn from uh, this year. How have those guys developed, those three, meaning the guys, the red shirts, and, and even Marcus Randolph in that mix because he hasn't, hasn't played a ton, um, but the, the four of them, but particularly the three who have red shirted because uh, that can be difficult for a young guy. Uh, yeah, you know, obviously, um, you know, they've been doing a lot of stuff on their own in terms of the lifting. They're usually together. Um, I know they do a lot of workouts uh, amongst themselves and when we're on the road and stuff. Uh, but just seeing them in practice and, you know, p- with them playing on the scout team, all of them have come a super long way. Um, I think Jason Nelson especially has really shown what he's going to be able to do. Uh, Aiden certainly come a long way in terms of just getting stronger and being more physical out there on the court. Um, but all of those guys have made strides in different ways and definitely super excited to see what they can do. Uh, Jacob, I can observe a uh, camaraderie forming with, with Jason Nelson with you certainly on the court how do you kind of view that and his his development and his future uh once unfortunately you're gone at the end of this season yeah no it's been great um you know i think i did the kid i think i did the same thing with zay earlier um Mm -hmm. when he was a freshman kind of just take him under your wing teach him a little bit um you know show him the ropes obviously you know show him who you are sometimes but uh trying to build him up at the same time for for jay now it's been uh it's been really good. I think, you know, as a, he was pretty quiet when he first got in. Um, you know, like I said, we're a big family. So kind of just trying to, you know, make sure he talks to everybody, uh, make sure he's always engaged and, you know, just keeping him up on his toes. I think it's been great. Um, like Grant said, he's a really good player. Um, it's always obviously a little different when you practice versus when you, when you got to go in there and play 35 minutes. But, um, you know, I'm excited for those guys for sure. Uh, how have you tried to help Isaiah Wilson? I really wasn't going to go down that path, but since you mentioned it, most players go through a struggle at some point in their college career, and obviously he has. How do you try to help him? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, what he's going through is tough for anybody. Um, it didn't, wouldn't matter if it was him, uh, Jordan Gailey, or, or Grant. You know what I mean? I, I think it's tough. Um, but, all, all, you know, a lot of things in life are tough. Uh, at the end of the day, that's just kind of what it comes down to. I, in the summer, you know, I mean, he was playing pretty well. You know, I said, uh, it's going to be days where you don't make shots, man. You got to figure out how you're going to, uh, you know, how you're going to bounce back when that happens. Um, and I think he's done a pretty good job of it. You know, I think he's he's matured a little bit uh, during this little stretch this year. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him. And I think he's becoming a, a much better man uh, this year. Um, as far as basketball player, I think he's always been pretty talented. Um, you know, I think he's going to show it here pretty soon. Chris, how have you viewed the, the redshirt freshman at this point? I know that can be tough. Your focus of attention is on these guys and getting them ready to, to play a game. Yeah, they've been great. Uh, uh, Maurice Joseph, the assistant, has just kind of taken them. And so every time we're on the road, uh, if our game's at 2 o'clock, he'll have a workout with them at 7.30 in the morning, find a gym. Uh, the game's at night, he'll find a gym at noon, and those guys have a, a good workout. Sometimes Marcus will jump in or Isaiah will jump in too. Uh, and they're really good workouts, a lot of one-on-one, tiring, extra lifts. So they, they've done a really good job and, and uh, have really worked hard. Obviously, it's harder when you don't, you're not going to play in the game. But, yeah, I, th- I think they've really improved. I mean, uh, Jason Nelson's a really good player, <clears throat> has a really good sense for the game, uh, change of speed, you know, command of the game, good passer. He, he has a chance to be very good. And Aiden Noyce is incredibly athletic. I mean, really, really mm-hmm great athlete he makes shots he's a good shooter um i mean he jace or aiden was more of an ideal redshirt candidate and that he's a little thin um you know he, he probably needs a little bit of time he needs to to play and compete and and uh get himself up there but his talent is really really high with a high ceiling and 
Malcolm Dredd has come along lately. He's had two injuries since he's been here, uh, but has has really come along and improved. He's the opposite of Aiden. Very strong, um, uh, you know, pretty tough player, pretty gritty. Doesn't always do the right thing, uh, but but again, that's why they're red shirting and that's why they have a chance to to improve and get better and and just be freshmen next season. Mm-hmm. All right, two last thoughts for you, fellas, and then we'll let you get to your food and, and kind of get on your way. Look ahead now to this new season for Spider basketball, as Grant said in, in his text, and to us, you know, it all it all starts now that that didn't really matter. Let's let's start fresh now. What is the kind of the mental and physical approach this week? Uh, the first game being against you know two teams that you have beaten on the road uh, this year, and if you're fortunate enough to get past that one, obviously. VCU lurking behind that. Just kind of thoughts on previewing the tournament. Uh, yeah, you know, obviously sort of, you know, like you said, on the physical side, just making sure in terms of treatment and everything, uh, doing what you got to do to take care of your body and make sure you're, you're ready to go because it's obviously tough, uh, you know, like Coach said, with quick turnarounds if, when you're winning games, um, playing the next day and everything. So I'm sure we'll do a great job with that. I know Jay and Andy are going to do a great job with that when we get up there. Uh, in terms of mentally, you know, another part that I, I just sort of said to the guys, um, you know, we were thought of highly coming in preseason. Um, you know, they had us projected at two or whatever it was. And, you know, we finished six. It's not where we wanted to be. But, um, you know, there was a reason for that. And we need to go in with that attitude. Um, obviously not cocky or arrogant because, you know, anybody can beat anybody on any given night. But we need to have a confidence um, about us, and we need to come out there and play like that, and it needs to start on Thursday night when we walk out there. Jake, it has been done. Teams have won four games in four days to win this tournament. Yeah, no, um, I'm a little different, Grant. Uh, I'm kind of approaching it how, how we approached the NIT last year. Uh, you know, we're a six seed. Not many teams are – or not many people think we're going to do it. Um, you know, I think that allows you to go play freely. Um, I think that's what we need to go do, uh, just kind of play, you know, uh, how we know we can play. Um, I think last year we had a lot of expectations on us. I think this year coming in, a lot of expectations on us. Um, you know, I think going into a tournament, we don't have too many. Um, I think it should allow us to play pretty free, and I'm excited for it. We are, too. Starts Thursday night, 830 against either Rhode Island or Duquesne up at Capital One Arena. Fellas, congratulations on all that you have done. The numbers speak for themselves, but um, the way you have handled yourselves and how you've represented yourselves in the university, I know this group and those listening also, we thank you for all that you've done over the years, and thanks for being here tonight. Thank you, guys. Jacob Gilliard, Grant Golden. The Super Seniors for the Spiders, our guests on Behind the Web. We'll come back in a moment and wrap it up with Coach Mooney next on 1061 ESPN. World of Beer is keeping you up to date with Richmond basketball. This is Behind the Web from World of Beer, 11,600 West Broad Street on 1061 ESPN. From Playfly, this is the Spider Sports Network. Just so I don't run out of time and we're not rushed at the top of the hour in about eight minutes or so, thank you all for being here week in and week out. Great Spider supporters. Appreciate all of you who are in the house tonight, those who aren't here tonight but have been here during the course of the year. Greatly appreciate it. And our folks here at World of Beer, all of our servers and folks who help set this up, Tyler and Mike in the back from Spider Sports Properties. We have really enjoyed it and enjoyed having all of you out here uh, week after week for, for Behind the Web in our, in our first year here at, uh, at World of Beer. All right, we got about uh, six or seven minutes. If you've got a quick text, we'll be glad to get that in, 804-327-0888 or behind the web at richmond.edu. Again, Thursday night, 
8.30 is game time. 8 o'clock is airtime. Greg Beckwith and I will be on the air from Capital One Arena to get the uh, 2022 Atlantic 10 tournament underway. And, Chris, as we just wrapped up with Jacob and Grant and talked about as they, they exit stage left, one more round of applause for those guys. There will be more coming, I am sure, for both of them and the other seniors as well. Uh, four games in four days. It, it has been done. It can be done. And back to the start of the show, it's kind of why I put highlights of Nick Sherrod, Matt Grace, Connor Crabtree, all reserves, all guys that will have to come off of the bench. How impactful do those guys and an Isaiah Wilson have to be if you are to win four games in four days? Yeah, they have to be super impactful. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it might not show up in the same exact way for the for each guy, um, but they have to they have to go in and have the impact that they they've been able to have in, in a lot of games. Um, just because you know during the course of uh, four games, it's not just being tired, although that that's part of it. There's fatigue there, uh, but also the lift and the and the jump that it gives you when when those things happen. You know, um, yeah, I think Nick is probably everybody's favorite guy and player and when he makes a shot or gets a rebound or does something like that you know that that really gives you extra juice and so not only are you helping because you you might be in there for a guy who's tired or needs a rest but you're also then giving extra um juice to the team when when you need it because you 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 might all be fatigued to a certain extent so um yeah i think that uh, that that's that's critical for us and and um you know, I, we have confidence in those guys, and I, I think they'll play well, and they're going to have the opportunity to play well for sure. So we'll be, we'll be, um, you know, I think Grant will likely be on a very similar pattern that he's been on for a long time now. But I think otherwise, it could be guys going in and grabbing a couple of minutes, and hmm. just to make sure that we're we're as fresh as possible. Is that a discussion that you would all have with them? And I get it; it's one game. You can't get to game two without winning. I, I get that. But and they know, they understand it's four in four days. But is there a discussion, a framing of that with the guys as you prepare for the tournament? Yeah, definitely. I, I think more about everybody that there's a um, like you don't know. It might it might be somebody that doesn't expect to come in mm-hmm. uh, early in the game or, or at a particular time in the game. Uh, but when you're playing in this kind of a situation or this kind of setting, you know it's kind of all hands on deck and you're ready to go and. Whatever everybody needs to do, you, you go in there and, and do it. So uh, we, will, we will address that specifically with those guys, but also as to the whole team, just to everybody be ready, all hands on deck. And it sounded like at least, at least Jacob is using, and they both mentioned it, granted to this sixth-place finish, a little bit of a chip on the shoulder, supposed to be second or sixth. Nobody's given as much of a chance as the head coach. Do you? It's a, it's a football mentality. Yeah, I yeah, get it, yeah. but do you, do you kind of use it? Uh, to, to an extent, you know, I try not to, um, I, you know, the guys are so into because everybody's apparently so mean on social media, so they're in and nobody believes in, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And yep. that, that's fine. And, and I understand that. Uh, I, I care more about the people who do believe, you know, and, and that's the people in our locker room, people at World of Beer. Uh, you know, I, I care about more about that, the coaches and the players, because we, we do believe in draw, draw on, drawing on that rather than drawing on Somebody posted a nasty comment about someone on, uh, under a video or something. So, you know that that to me isn't as lasting as as uh, as as trying to prove. You know, rather than trying to prove negative people wrong, just trying to prove positive people right. And that's kind of more 
That's always been my my thought process. It's a great thing to remember in life, let yeah. alone let alone in basketball. Back to basketball as we wrap it up. How do you go about preparing for kind of the unknown opponent and break it down because you won't know until yeah. what twenty four hours before you play them, whether it's Rhode Island, who will be the favorite, obviously, or Duquesne. It is March Madness after yeah, all. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I think we'll we'll go into tomorrow and prepare for Rhode Island, um, and. You know, uh, in terms of watching film and going over the scouting report uh, and watching clips from our first game uh, with the idea that, hey, this could be Duquesne. And we'll probably sprinkle, you know, Duquesne's two or three favorite plays in there, Mm. Uh, not necessarily identifying them, but but sprinkle those in there in case there is an upset. We'll be able to draw upon that, you know, at a walkthrough on on Thursday. So. Um, but I think we'll 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 likely uh, prepare for Rhode Island, and you know nothing would surprise me. Whatever happens, but I, I think that you have to play the percentages and and have us prepared that way. Pretty crazy league, right down to the end of the year, right down to the final Saturday. I would assume you, like everybody else, thinks anything could happen here in in these next four or five days. I do. You know, you know, we um, we lost at, at the buzzer to Davidson and Dayton, and had a shot against um, VCU. Split with St. Louis, so yeah, anything can happen. Split with St. Bonaventure, so what? What? Uh, what? Our focus again it has to be on ourselves, our preparation, um, you know, our toughness, our commitment, our um, you know, sense of precision, all, all those things. That's what's going to carry the day, and um, you know, as of course one one game at a time. But really, for you know, to, to me, is tomorrow's preparation and getting there and being in D.C. and you know, the preparation on Wednesday, those are the things that are, that are most important. Love this time of year. Let's have a nice long run through March. And, Coach, thanks for being here week in and week out. I know the crowd really enjoyed it and appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Coach Mooney. Thanks to Jacob Gilliard, Grant Golden, our special player guest tonight, Mitchell Bradley on location, Robert Oley producing in our ESPN Richmond studios. Greg Beck with an eye talk to you 8 o'clock Thursday night from Washington, D.C. with the first round of the Atlantic 10 tournament. Thanks, everyone, for being with us all season long at World of Beer for Behind the Web. You've been listening to Behind the Web from World of Beer, 11,600 West Broad Street, featuring head men's basketball coach Chris Mooney. Tonight's show has been brought to you by Sports 